Welcome to Redefine the Circle, a podcast where we discuss all things pitching. I'm Ashley Sunshine, co-owner and head of pitching development at S2 Breakthrough. In this podcast, we're going to highlight topics that focus on how to maximize your pitchers now. We're going to discuss some of the trends that we've seen at S2 Breakthrough and talk about how we use data to create systems and training approaches that are specific to each pitcher. It's so important for us to continue to share this information and facilitate discussion within the pitching community so we can keep evolving as coaches and ultimately grow pitching into something it's never been before. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for joining the quest to redefine the circle. to redefine the circle. I'm Ashley Sunshine, co-owner and head of pitching development at S2 Breakthrough. In today's episode, we are talking more about velocity. This is series three, where every discussion has been about the culture that we've built around velocity in softball pitching. So today's discussion, I want to sort of really kind of recap all of the individual episodes that have gone into series three and kind of portray a little bit more of a broader perspective of what I feel is a very healthy culture, a culture that we really create here at S2 Breakthrough when it comes to viewing velocity, understanding velocity, and ultimately training, growing velocity. So the the concept that I want to really focus on today that I feel like is at the heart of this summary, if you will, is the concept of workload. And workload meaning the concept of understanding the relationship between volume and intensity in pitching. So most of the time in our current culture, we, as I referenced last week, we often think like more is more is more in softball pitching. And our pitchers are throwing so much, such high volumes at high intensity all throughout the year. And that is absolutely not the approach that we have found is best for pitchers and not the approach that we take here at SU Breakthrough when it comes to programming and, tra- and training. So I want to lay out what approaches do we take and how do we see certain times of year and how do we match workload to certain times of year to make sure that we're really putting our pitchers in position to reach their goals. So first, let's talk about what what we consider like uh, how we should apply workload in certain times of year. So I think of three time periods throughout the year when we're talking about programming and periodization, off-season, in-season, and pre-season. Those are obviously very familiar uh, terms that, that most people are utilizing and maybe even are considering when you're designing programs for pitchers. But for me, when we're talking about off-season, this is the time that we spend so much of our time training at low intensity. And the reason for this is because this is the only time during the year that we have that opportunity. And what we have seen as we've collected more and more data with our pitchers here at S2 is that it's the low intensity environment that allows our pitchers to actually make change, make change from a standpoint of how their trunk is really being uh, managed or how stable it is in their pitching motion, make change as far as their ability to feel the arm, their arm action, hand position, create different spin on the ball. So we are spending a majority of the time in off season at lower intensity, majority of the time at about 75% intensity and with weighted softballs, not weighted softballs for like velocity, but weighted softballs for feel, proprioception. So really trying to get the trunk in a position where it's managed, it's stable because it's not being asked to produce max power. 
So the brain really has uh, can understand where the arm is in space, where the hand is in space. And we slow everything down to start to get the brain to register what it's supposed to be feeling, how it's supposed to be moving, uh, how the body is supposed to be moving, that is. So that's the time for off-season. In my mind, when it hits off-season, this is now our only opportunity to put competition aside and to make sure that the pitcher is being, that she's elevating her skill sets based on where she was the off-season prior to that. Then when we're looking at moving into preseason, this is now where all of a sudden we may start to shift. So if we talk about, okay, offseason was about patterns, it was about pitch development, low intensity, weighted softballs, everything slowing down. I'll say a little asterisk, last episode I talked about if we have pitchers where we can actively take like a velocity-based approach to their pitching program, I would also do that in the back end. I would incorporate that in the back end of offseason. But this is not the majority of pitchers that we're talking about. So as we're moving away from that offseason timeframe and we're going into preseason, in my mind, this is only about a two to four week time period. This is just our prep for competition. And and when we get to preseason, we are talking about prepping workload generally. So if a pitcher is going to be expected to throw two days back to back or three days generally back to back to back, and she's going to be pitching full games, is she prepared to do so? Is her training really starting to resemble what her workload demands are going to look like at that time? Hopefully, we do not have pitchers that are being expected to throw five, six days in a row full games, right? 80, 100 pitches. And so there's no reason at any point in the year that a pitcher should be training like that. They should not be throwing every single day at such high intensity, high volume. It's super important to understand that we're really trying to maximize the pitcher. So if we were in off season, we were all about really starting like low intensity, low volume up to higher volume, still keeping low intensity. Now in this preseason, what we can start to see is like we're starting to grow into that. We want to make sure intensity is going up. So is volume, but that it never spills over beyond the demands of what the game is going to require of that pitcher. If there's a pitcher that particularly only comes in, it's a college level pitcher, and she's more of relief, then her workload in preseason should match what she's going to be asked to do, not more. So this is important because oftentimes I think just the nature of pitching, the volume is so high, and that alone is a barrier to really being able to hold and grow velocity. And so it's important that we really are not ever pushing training beyond what the already high demands of the game are for each of our pitchers. So that's preseason, the short period of time where we are focusing on workload, making it match competition. And then in addition to that, working on pitch design concepts. So whatever tools we've established are your strengths. These are the tools that you're going to be bringing into competition, making sure the pitchers really understand those. This is a pitch that's less about break and more about, uh, you know, playing off of this other pitch. It's a location-based pitch. This is a pitch you're throwing for velo. This is a pitch that you're throwing. You want to tunnel with this pitch and this pitch, really getting her to understand the ins and outs of her pitch profile coming out of off season and spending her time focusing on those details. Obviously to do that, it's a high intensity concept. So in my mind, pitch development off-season is a low-intensity concept. Pitch design is something that's really pre-season, high-intensity concept because it's preparation for competition. Okay, now let's go into this concept of 
in season. That's easy, right? It's when we're actually, we're actively playing games. And what's important to understand is the goal of this time, if the goal of off season was to actually build, to make sure a pitcher does not come out of that time period, the same version of herself that she was in the beginning or the same version of herself that she was in off season the year before that. Preseason is about taking the best version of her at the time and prepping it, getting her to understand those pieces, prepping it for competition. Now we're in in in-season and the goal is to maintain. Along the road of in-season, whether it's college, high school, travel ball, regardless, in-season is so tough for pitchers. Just by nature that we currently have a culture where we typically are using one, maybe three, up to three pitchers on a staff, and they are just throwing constantly. And so the demands are so high for pitchers that fatigue is absolutely a huge barrier to reasons why they're not able to sustain performance over extended periods of time. So in season, the number one goal is just maintenance. If we went in what we feel like is such a great version of ourselves, we want to be able to stabilize that throughout the duration of season. Now, obviously, the stronger you go in, the more resilient you are. And when I'm talking about stronger, more resilient, I'm talking about that your strength and conditioning is sort of at its peak going from offseason to preseason, that your pitching patterns are as efficient as possible, the less you're going to wear down or break down over time. So that's why that time period is so critical. But we have to know across the board, yes, our pitchers are going to break down because of fatigue over the course of a season. It's just inevitable. So we want to maintain ranges of where they are from a performance standpoint. And obviously this series is so much about velocity. So from a velocity standpoint, being able to really keep velocity in range while making sure that their pitch profile, their break is also staying in range. That's really the goal of what we're trying to do. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this, obviously the preparation with training leading up to that, but then also the training while in season, making sure that obviously strength and conditioning in season training is still going on. If pitchers ever stop their strength and conditioning during season, it's like a very fast ticket to just really, really uh, being on a fast decline when it comes to performance, when it comes to velocity. The other piece is just how we train them in the bullpen from a pitching standpoint. So let's take a really simple model. Let's just pretend that pitchers are pitching on the weekends only, kind of like travel ball style. Uh, I know that that's obviously like most of the time, even in college, there's weekday games, high school is throughout the week, but just kind of a simple model. What I would lay out from a training standpoint is something that's very workload based. So let's say, okay, we have three workouts throughout the week, not five, right? If they're throwing the majority, if they're throwing all of their games, it's high volume, high intensity. So we really need to make sure that their training really comes down from that. They cannot train all week long, high volume, high intensity. That's not the time for that. That was preseason. That was preseason to make sure they are prepared for that workload. Now that they are in season, during the week is about small bits of work and it's mostly about recovery. So that is critical. I think oftentimes we get stuck in these like traditions or these rules of like, you know, I'm in high school, I practice six days a week or in college, we're allowed to practice, you know, six days a week. And so with that, then we think that pitchers need to throw every single day in season, they need recovery. And obviously, you know, there are going to be things they're reflecting on between games that they know they need to work on. So the way I would structure it, if we were just had weekend games only just to keep the example easy and clean to follow 
would say three workouts during the week. Workout number one would very much be a low volume, low intensity type of workout. Just getting the body back moving, probably maybe going up a little bit to full fastballs and maybe hitting on their strength pitch, but just really like a pattern day. And I think that's important. I consider that recovery. So days off are recovery. And then days where they just really have a low intensity, low volume workout that are about getting the body back into a good sort of in good trunk arm timing, really making sure that, you know, things are syncing up within their motion. D-cell looks good. Arm action is nice, you know, is in rhythm, is on time. That would be earlier in the week. And then midweek, we'd go into something that doesn't match the volume that we would see in games, but would probably our max volume day. So a day that we're kind of talking a little bit more of like, we're really working on the types of things that were off in our last series, our last competition that we need. So it's like, you know, that drop ball really got hit hard. And as we're looking at it, you know, if we have Rapsodo, we have ball flight data, it's at minus five and really it needs to be a minus seven, minus eight type of pitch. And so we're going to work through that today. And so it might be a little bit higher in volume. Intensity is up there because we're really trying to like pull those tools together. It's our day to really work. Redefine the Circle is brought to you by Rapsodo Softball. Whether it's at the plate or in the circle, Rapsodo delivers all the data needed to enhance your player's development and to give us a platform to become more informed and better coaches. Rapsodo pitching is absolutely critical when it comes to maximizing your pitchers. In addition to measuring velocity, pitchers and coaches get a detailed look at all of the ball metrics that influence break. Spin rate, spin direction, gyro degree, spin efficiency, Together, these metrics tell a story about a pitcher's data profile. And to grow that profile and ultimately maximize what that pitcher can become, understanding the metrics is a must. Rapsodo not only provides high-level feedback in the moment, but also creates back-end reports so coaches and athletes can visualize and fully understand the entire story and how it's progressing. Rapsodo is such a powerful tool. Instant data, relevant metrics, innovative visuals, and don't forget the in-app slow-mo video that allows pitchers to watch their pitching patterns right alongside the ball flight metrics they yield. Bottom line, Rapsodo is a must-have in the world of player development. See the data, feel the results with Rapsodo's softball technology. And then as we're really approaching game day again, this is more of just like preparation, quick pitch design concept of you know, low volume, high intensity, meaning get those pitches where they need to be from a tunneling standpoint and shut it down. So I think of the week while we're in season as very much like a small bit of like periodization that we do throughout the year. Like early in the week is very off season based. Midweek is very, uh, I would say like uh, preseason based or maybe like end of off season based with pitch development, just higher volume, higher intensity into very preseason based of like high intensity pitch design, but making sure that that's staying low volume. It's important that our athletes are going into competition fresh, recovered, and ready to tap into their max again. So if you feel like, you know, your pitchers are struggling in competition and then all week long in between the next series, you're having them throw live, you know, for three, four, five innings, likely that's too much. And that's really not the way to always make change. You might have the opportunity to do things like that, but you have to have at least a good amount of days between competition to feel like they can just immediately go back into high intensity. And I want to bring up this concept just because as we're talking about our standards for velocity, we have to understand the concepts of 
periodization, programming, workload, they're just critical. Because right now, what I feel like, you know, the culture that we're creating around pitchers is that, again, they should be able to throw high volume, high intensity, all year round, sitting at max velocities and being able to sustain that all the time. It's just simply impossible. So what I feel like is such is such a better culture and a better system that we can create for our pitchers, and certainly the type of system and culture we create here at SU Breakthrough, is to first, you have to make sure that there is a roadmap for pitchers. You have to program for them. It can't be random workouts, you know, irrelevant to what time of year. There has to be a roadmap. This is what we're doing in off-season, building into preseason. This is our goals for in-season. And they have to see that roadmap. So with that, if we lay that out for our pitchers, it does not make any sense for me to say you're in the middle of off-season. I've told you we are focused on low-intensity training for the sake of patterns, efficiency in your in your uh, in your motion pitch development, creating pitches in their infant state. And now just randomly today, we're going to pull out the radar and and the intent is max velocity. That doesn't make any sense. So if you feel as if you're a pitcher and you're going to just a standard pitching lesson in the middle of off season, you know, and the, and the pocket radar is out for you to be able to post on social media, we have to take a step back and realize we are we have such an like a misguided approach to velocity. I said this time and time again throughout this series. We all know velocity is important. If we don't know, we need to know. It is important. And so without this understanding of how to appropriately plan a year for a pitcher, how to appropriately program, incorporate workloads, all we're doing is putting barriers in front of that pitcher's ability to reach velocity and to sustain velocity. So no, you know, tracking velo for max velo when we're in the dead of off season. That doesn't make any sense. What also does not make any sense is being in season all year long. And this is, I think, the heart of the issue or the heart of, I would say, like the challenge when it comes to what is really keeping softball pitching from growing to what it absolutely can grow into is the fact that our youth pitchers, they're in season all year long. So even when, you know, we here where we are in outside of Chicago and Illinois, our softball, our uh, high school pitchers, I should say, they go from March through May into June for their high school season where they're six days a week. Their travel ball season, June into August, then there's tryouts, and it's August into November. And next thing we know, that has been like seven, eight months of in-season. It's crazy. In addition to that, what we know is that the college camps that our athletes are obviously so excited about and so eager to attend are all throughout those off months. So they're reporting to college camps in December, in January, in February. And the challenge with that is like they're getting data there. They're they're in competition. They're throwing live. And so that, in my mind, is also in season. If we're tracking things like velocity and looking for max velocity, we're competing. We're asking for maximum performance metrics from our athletes. And so in my mind, that's an in-season concept. So I feel like the heart of you know, what's happening with softball pitching and why we're not seeing as many pitchers really being able to bust velocity barriers and why we don't have pitching staffs at the college level that go beyond two to three solid contributors on a staff, it's rooted in the fact that our athletes never get the opportunity to train appropriately. They are on a merry-go-round of just being the same versions of themselves over and over again because they never get the opportunity to say, you know what, 
We're not looking for max performance right now. We need to pull it back. We need to understand how to train from a strength and conditioning standpoint, how to throw at low intensity, how to pattern better, what it means to really develop pitches, and then we'll build from there. There was a graph that I showed, I believe it was like episode two or episode three, where I showed a velocity trend for one of our athletes that was actually going down. And what I said was, it wasn't in a crazy range. So it wasn't anything that was like a red flag for me. But what it also, what I said, in addition to that, she was coming out of a season, out of playing and into off season. It was the first time she was starting to train at low intensity. She had just started S2 breakthrough training. And so I would expect that. I would expect that as I'm having her throw at 75% a lot of times, that she's throwing heavier balls to slow things down, that when we go ahead and are just measuring velocity, it's not going to be at max. And so I think that's just really important. I think hopefully this discussion can put that graph from a few weeks ago into context a little bit. That is not the demand or the expectation that I would have for an athlete knowing what our goals are, knowing what we are trying to deliver. So I wanted this discussion today, again, to just be a little bit more holistic, kind of like a bird's eye view of what, how can we actually get velocity to grow in our game? And what are the challenges right now that are really in place? We have to start to reflect on the culture we've built, the the sort of myths around velocity, as I talked about in the first episode of this series, just such such a misinformed culture where we have crazy expectations for our pitchers but we don't as coaches have the right information on how to actually get them to the goals that we're placing on them, not just within particular times of the year, but all year long. So it has to start with us as the leaders in pitching and the coaches of pitching, the people that are laying out roadmaps and expectations and goals for pitchers. We have to start challenging the traditional way in which we've approached training and velocity and start to make change. So, you know, in my mind, I look all over, the pitching world, whether it's social media, and everyone is chasing velocity. They're chasing it with insane drills and gadgets and all kinds of things. And the reality is what we need to do is pull back on feeling like we have to be at max performance all the time. And what actually grows velocity, not based on my opinion, but based on tracking our athletes' velo trends, every single one of them from week to week, month to month, throughout the year, and making sure that they are following training that really resembles what I talked about in today's discussion. Just organic, progressive training, periodization, both with strength and conditioning and with pitching. Making sure that you're programming throughout the year. Those programs are based on time of year, appropriate workload, appropriate goals, data if possible, because those are what really set those goals, and being able to communicate that system to your athlete so that she has that buy-in and that you know that she's following that training program again throughout the year. So I can't stress this enough. We have spent so much time here at S2 testing and measuring our own methods. We didn't just you know come up with methods and then, oh, you know, out of nowhere, we, they're right. They've taken so much time. It's taken years to, for me personally to really pull out of the types of things that I have done for so long that I just always thought were true because I did them as an athlete and how I thought training velocity should go, jumping and running and getting off the ground and being explosive in that manner and just slowly starting to realize, let's get to some truth here. Let's measure it. These things are not working. And hopefully today's discussion just gives you a much better idea of why as a whole, we can't just throw a pitcher into a random workout in a random time of year and have her do all kinds of crazy drill. 
all kinds of crazy drills and call that velocity development. It's so much broader than that. There's so much more thought put into it. Uh, and I hope that discussions like today can really start to uh, help us design and create much better cultures around velocity and ultimately grow our game through those discussions. Thanks so much for watching today. We have one more episode following today to wrap up series three about, about velocity. So hope you'll join us between now and then. Remember, continue to quest on to redefine the circle. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'd love to connect and hear your feedback. You can contact me directly at ashley at s2breakthrough.com. If you're listening, you can leave us a review, or if you're watching, go ahead and leave a comment below. Also, be sure to follow S2 Breakthrough on all of our social media channels and subscribe to Stream S2 to find all things player development. Until next time, quest on.